Thanks for listening to the show. Join us online at playvolutionhq.com and learn how to support the show at explorationsearlylearning.com slash support. Grab your highlighters. Can't find them? They're probably right there in your pocket protector. It's time for that early childhood nerd podcast. Let's get nerdy. Here's Heather. Hello and welcome to another episode of That Early Childhood Nerd. I'm Heather and Tiffany's here. Hi, I'm Tiffany. We just did like a half hour warm up. Uh-huh. <laughs> Where we kept... It's important to get warmed up. <laughs> kept saying, let's start. Okay, now let's start. No, really, now <laughs> let's start. <laughs> Don't you wish sometimes that you could have like a warm up to your teaching day? Yes. Oh my gosh, yes. Like, like here are the... I'm going to start out and just throw away these pancakes. <laughs> and then I'm going to start my real teaching day. You know what I mean? Yeah, that would be nice. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I think maybe the reason that it's taking us so long to actually get started on this is because neither of us really know where we're going to go with this quote. Yeah. We both agreed that it was pretty challenging and and we weren't sure what we were going to do with it, but we're going to try anyway. So bear with us, folks. <laughs> <laughs> it's figure... gonna be a good discussion <laughs> i think I'm so glad yeah we're doing this one yeah. while we key. figure out where we're going so this yeah. uh this this quote comes from a book called early childhood education for a new era leading for our profession by stacy goffin there's a lot in this book that i i need to read it again because there's a lot i didn't quite agree with and i think maybe i just need to process it a little more Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and that's kind of where I am just with this quote. So this quotes the book in a nutshell, I guess. But so the quote cool. is, each of us has contributed to the system we now wish to change. We each own a piece of the problem we're trying to address. Each of us, therefore, will have to step back to step forward to consider how our thoughts and behaviors are contributing, however, inadvertently to the status quo. So the system we now wish to change that she's talking about is just sort of the field of early childhood right now. Everybody is talking about the ways that it needs to change and, and has their own ideas about what that needs to, to be. And she's challenging us to look at ourselves. Does that seem like a fair summation? Paraphrasation. (laughs) Ooh, there's a new word. Yes. I may not have any other thoughts, but I can contribute made-up words <laughs> to the conversation. Also valuable. Yeah, yeah. Also valuable. Yeah. So, I don't know. Do we want to start by talking about what some of the changes are that we've heard people say need to happen or that we think we would like to see? Yeah. In the field? Yeah. Yep. Start with that. Okay. Well, I think more, yeah, start with, like, parts of the system you want to change. Yeah. Uh, well, so, so I was over at a friend's house Friday night and talking about work stuff and that this friend is also a bigger picture. So it's not just like today at work, it was this, it's, we talk about the field and the big, the big things. And I found myself saying, I'm so frustrated by the abysmal shit that passes for good childcare. Yeah. 
And she was like, whoa, what? <laughs> let's break apart that let's, quote. <laughs> let's take that one out a little bit. So, but I, so for me, when I'm thinking about the system that needs to change, I'm talking about, hmm, maybe when I first looked at this quote, I was looking at bigger picture stuff, but I'm talking about the day-to-day experiences that kids have. In a child, in in just an everyday child care center, um, there's all kinds of statistics that show that care is pretty mediocre. Yeah, and um, and I know that improving that is expensive and difficult and requires training that not everybody has or can get or can access or wants to access. Yeah, access is a big one for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But even just something as simple as, um, like, like one of the things that just drove me nuts this week, for some reason I was noticing it more and more, was not being willing to repeat, read a book to a toddler who wants you to read it again and again and again. <laughs> like, yeah. Watching people say, no, I'm tired of that one. Bring me another book. Or we already read that one. But, but, but. Yeah. Do it again, do it again, do it again. Yeah, or just, you know, rushing through a diaper change because you've got ten of them to change. and It's not that kid's fault you've got nine other diapers to change after him. Yeah! He's naked on the table, completely vulnerable, (laughs) waiting Uh for you. Uh Uh-huh. And how how do I respond to that? Because I... Mm. So anyway, that's, that's... I'll offer that out as something that I feel like needs to change just the the quality of the day-to-day interactions. Yeah. Um, how are you contributing mm-hmm. to that system? Yeah, well, that's where the conversation went next. <laughs> because <laughs> I, I've gotten to a point where if I get to my lunch break and I'm reflecting on my morning or the end of, you know, my drive home and I'm reflecting on my afternoon. Oh my God, this is turning into my therapy session. Bring it on. If if I'm doing that and I find that I'm not clenching my teeth because I'm stressed and angry about what happened, then I start to freak out that I'm becoming desensitized to it. (laughs) And maybe I'm starting to do the things that drive me crazy. But, um, uh, but I, you know, I definitely have a day where I don't, want to give my full effort to the diaper change because there's nine more coming or um, yeah or read that uh that book again because I think it's a stupid book (laughs) whatever it might be so the kid wants it it doesn't matter what I think about it in that case so I but so I contribute I think by just getting tired Mm mm-hmm and and doing it the easy way. I, I think that that's uh, burnout is a good point for this uh, too. Yeah, it's like you uh, burnout for me at least. I hit my maximum burnout when I identify the problem and I've fought so hard to change and fought for that change that I don't have anything left and the people who suffer for that are always the kids mm-hmm. and myself mm-hmm. but it's like if you're fighting for change and fighting for this high quality experience and 
frustrated that it's still not happening, mm-hmm. then eventually you get to that point where you're exhausted and you don't have anything left to give. Mm-hmm. You don't have any fight left. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. that's a bummer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Burnout's hard, man. Burnout's real. I know. One time I quit and worked at a bank because I was burned out and I hated it. I was like, I don't wow. give a shit about other people's money. <laughs> I need to get back yeah. into childcare. Yeah. And by you not being a part of that system and not fighting anymore, are you complacent? Mm-hmm. That's where I get stuck on this one. Yeah. Is that is by devoting your energy to the kids, it feels like you're being complacent. Because you're not fighting for that everywhere. By devo- right? Okay, say that. At a- if you're only, it, at least for me, uh-huh. if I'm only focused on myself okay. and the kids in my care, my oh. immediate circle, then yes, that quality day-to-day experience is there for them. But if I'm not fighting for it for the kids in the classroom next door, then I'm also contributing to that system. Uh-huh. I agree with that. And I, I've gone around and around with that, too, um, because in this 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 stage of my my career, um, you know, I'm complaining a lot <laughs> and and so I'm getting lots of different kinds of advice. And and one of the things I hear a lot is, but for the kids in that room that you're in right now, how great is that that they have you, you know, and, and so, yeah, there's, there's something to be said for that. But then. You know, I was like, but there's so many other kids in other rooms. Right. And this, for me, this is the biggest piece of this whole quote uh-huh. is that the problem of equity. Uh-huh. Because we're thinking about the kids in the classroom next door that you see that aren't getting that same experience. We're not thinking about the kids that don't even get a seat in that, ta- at the, in that classroom. We're, we're not talking about the kids that can't even come to the program. Uh-huh. We're not talking about the kids that uh, don't have, not only don't have high quality care, it's that they don't have care at all. And that's, as a field, mm-hmm. thinking about high quality experiences and the best teachers that we can have and what is the ideal system, that leaves out a huge population of people. Sure. Well, and I think that brings into the conversation um, the uh, the the idea of regulation mm-hmm. and and defining quality for the field instead of letting every state and every type of care and every individual person decide whether or not they want to be part of high quality. Does that make sense? Like Yeah. Absolutely. Like I think about uh, people who can't afford, uh, you know, a, high, a higher quality childcare center um, or a home, um, and so they just go to, you know, the neighbor down the street who's got seventeen kids in her house and no training and no accountability. Yeah, and, and charges ten bucks a and day. Charges ten bucks a day, and. Um, or, or you know, like the the family who needs care in weird shifts or weekend times, and nobody's yeah. nobody's doing that. So, what kind of systems thinking do we need to do there, and how do we how do we contribute, or how are we 
complicit. Yeah. And and at, and also what happens when the lady down the street who charges ten dollars is incredible. Yeah. Because that can happen too. <laughs> what happens if that's the woman that you went to when you were a child and everyone knows her and loves her uh-huh. and she is loving those children more than anything mm-hmm. yeah. and providing high quality care, but because she doesn't get that high quality label, she gets the short end of the stick. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not in any way suggesting that regulation equals quality. Okay. Or that yeah. a regulated program automatically means everybody's got the best intentions and, and is doing it right. Yeah. Um, when I did family child care, um, in 2000 ish, uh, I couldn't get licensed because I couldn't put a fence up. So, so I was an unlicensed child care provider. I was yeah. operating legally. I was following, you know, the rules and, you know, the numbers and stuff for things you can do without a license. But, um, but I know there are real reasons that some folks can't is what yeah. I to say. And I know it doesn't guarantee, um, quality, but I, I guess where I'm going with this is we've got to define our terms. We've got to define our terms. We've got to agree that, um, there are some things that matter. Yeah. Does that makes sense. Like we can't yeah. just keep saying, well, everybody should be allowed to do their own thing because everybody's, we we have to say as a field there yeah but there are some things that are deal breakers yeah so what what, and, are, what are the deal breakers i said that and now i'm i, I don't know where we're going to go with that i'm still writing there are some things that matter in all caps <laughs> and uh this is another thing that bothers me about um the entire system of education not just necessarily early childhood uh-huh and that is, instead of defining high quality, we might just need to define what quality is. Mm-hmm. Why does every childcare need to be better than anybody else's childcare? Why does it need to be higher quality? What's quality? Right. What's low quality? Right. What's I, bad? I, I, like, al- I almost think that that's more effective. What yeah. kinds what kinds of things are indicating that this is a bad environment for children yeah. to be in? Yes. And so I would propose that <laughs> instead of using the term high quality, we need to start looking at schools and childcare in terms of health. What is a healthy environment? What is an unhealthy environment? Are we including all What kinds does a of healthy health? school look like? Or just physical? I mean, are you including all, all socially all healthy, I'm, emotionally healthy, mentally? Yes. That? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm thinking instead of saying, oh, this is a high quality school. I think mm. we should be saying this is a very healthy school. This operates mm. on a. Uh, so I would propose that instead of using the term quality, we should switch to the term healthy. Mm-hmm. And this doesn't mean um, only looking at the physical health of the children. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm thinking about as a school on all levels of development and all levels of care, what does healthy look like and what does unhealthy look like? Um, and this to me is because there's more to it than being better than the other schools. And that's what mm-hmm. high quality implies to me. So, so what do you think standards might look like? How, how might they be different? So I'm thinking about 
um, accreditation standards right now through NACI because that's the one I'm most familiar with. You know, it, it outlines things like what you need to have, what kind of science materials you need to have, what kinds of math materials you need to have, what kind of language materials and all that stuff. Plus it talks about relationships and it talks about staff qualifications, all that kind of stuff. What, what might be different if we looked at it in terms of healthy environments instead of high quality? Uh, I think it's what? more sliding scale. I was going to say, are there measurable? Is it easier uh, to measure, more difficult to measure, do you think? I don't know. I, I would assume it's more difficult to measure because <laughs> I'm just making it up right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, what, I, what I'd like to be able to figure out is the indicator species. Like, what is the thing that you can look for that's observable in a quote-unquote healthy school? Yeah. And what is the thing you can look for that's missing in an unhealthy school? I don't know. It's so subjective. I know this isn't the answer to the problems, but I just, I'm well, starting to really take issue with this whole high quality yes. thing. And, and, and I, I use I think, the phrase a lot, but I use it knowing yeah. that it's problematic. Yeah. So maybe that's one of the ways that I'm complicit in, <laughs> yeah. in all and of this. I've, I've started looking at high quality and I see things like, oh, when you say high quality, what you're actually trying to say is privileged. Mm. What you're actually trying to say is rich and has enough money to buy all these fancy things. And there's this really frustrating, I use the uncanny valley word a lot because I haven't found anything else that describes it. Uh Um, Uncanny valley, for those not familiar, is when you're looking at cartoons, there's one end of cartoon that's very cartoony. And there's another end that's like super realistic. Anything that's too much in the middle is creepy, <laughs> a.k.a. Polar Express. <laughs> Have you watched that movie? Those no. humans are creepy. They're not cartoony enough to be uh-huh. cartoons, and they're not real enough to be real. It's just creepy. Okay. <laughs> so what I'm saying is there is this uncanny valley that exists in childcare where looking at play specifically, on one end, having enough free time and play is neglect. And on the other end, having enough free time and play is the best, is excellence. It means you have enough privilege to view it that way. Ah, uh, yeah. And everything in the middle is just so-so. So how do we reconcile these things? Is there a type of play that is healthier than another type of play? Is there a type of freedom and choice that is healthier than another type? Or is it just a matter of privilege? Yeah, so this this brings me to another phrase that I take issue with but have used a lot, which is at risk. Yes. Talking about kids who are at risk. And those are the kids that get the programs they go to, get a lot of funding or whatever for – uh, from you know state or federal agencies um, there's lots of attention given to the services and the environments um, but what we're saying they're at risk for is they're at risk to not be middle class white kids yes <laughs> there I mean when we're when we're really that's just a euphemism yes exactly so and those are the kids who don't get play 
Yeah. Because so because I, I think about play sometimes in terms of it being a social justice issue. Yes. And maybe this is taking us away from the quote, but since we didn't know where we were going, we'll just go. This is where we're going. All right. So <laughs> I think, you know, because we so we say these poor kids or these brown kids are at mm-hmm. risk to not be the way we want them to be. Uh-huh. And the answer to that, for some reason, is to go against what we know kids need and say they need early academics and they need early play school, school playing experiences. Yes. Not, and and they, they aren't playing at home a lot of times because of schedules or dangerous neighborhoods or pressures that the families are feeling or, you know, whatever, weird work schedules. So, so they don't get it at all. Yeah. Even though we have these piles and piles and piles of research that tells us that's maybe what they need most. Yeah. So they are at risk, but not in the way that we label them at risk. And all of these programs are creating a bigger problem. Mm -hmm. Not all of them. Mm Mm-hmm. Some of them. The idea behind all Once these programs. that I have seen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like anything. I yeah. feel like I need to throw this disclaimer in. It's like anything. There are good examples of anything. There are bad examples of anything. So, you know, I'm not saying that if you work with primarily low-income children, I think you're garbage. <laughs> no, not at all. I'm saying at a systemic level, there are yeah. some problems we need to look at. And, and those yeah. problems show up in some individual settings. Yeah. Here's how. So back to the quote. Yeah. Here's how I'm a piece of that problem. Mm-hmm. I work at a school where kids have to pay to be there. Oh, yeah. And I think that that's a lot of uh, high quality educators, too. High quality. There's the word there coming go. in. Oh, there you did it. Because I, if I want to do this as a career, I need to get paid and I need to have mm-hmm. insurance benefits and mm-hmm. I need to have money coming from somewhere else to send me pr- to professional development because Lord knows I can't afford it on my salary. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> so it's just continuing the, the problem. Mm-hmm. And if you want good educators to fix the system, <laughs> they have to be a part of the system that they want to change, which is exactly what this quote is, I think, yeah. trying to get at. Yeah, it goes back again to also to an episode that David Kahn and I did that came out a couple weeks ago where we talked about the same kind of stuff. And, and we both, I think it, he's the one who started this, this part of the conversation, but we both worried that it was too pie in the sky, too mm-hmm. idealistic, too whatever, to think that we could make a change. And that is such a devastating way to think about things. I have to think I can make a change. Yeah. And part of that maybe is looking at how I'm contributing to the things that need to change. So is it staying and participating in a bad system? Is that being complicit? Or is that self-care because I have to make what I make and this is the place I can do that and... Yeah. I, it's it's tricky. It is tricky. I don't think Stacy answered it in the book. That's why I feel like I, I need to get back to it, but I don't think anybody could answer this. Yeah. If they could, 
they would have like a McCarthy fellowship or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) So let's see what else. What about let's let's talk about uh, qualifications, required qualifications for people who are doing the job. We talked about regulation a little bit. We talked about language. Is regulation just another way to deny access? Regulation? Yeah. I don't know. Is it? I don't know. That's why I asked. So my initial, (laughs) well, I mean, my my initial thought goes, of course, to my own direct experience, which is, um, you know, here in Indiana, we have the the CCDF program, which has vouchers for low-income families, and they can only take those vouchers to certain places, and they have to be um, licensed or have met some minimum standards, and you get a higher rate of, you know, your they'll pay, the voucher will pay a little more if it's on a certain level of the QRIS system in the state, and if it's accredited. So on the surface, that looks like it's increasing access to quality care, if we're to, mm-hmm. deter, if we're defining quality by those checklists of things they have in the room and qualifications staff have, but doesn't you know it's it would be restricting access to that wonderful woman down the street who's operating maybe illegally but doing really good things. Yeah. Um. There's a lot of problems, Tiffany. <laughs> problem i can't fix them and i think i but i want to i'm just gonna keep i've got some idealism flowing through my veins this morning i'm a fan of idealism (laughs) (laughs) i think that more than regulation Uh we need parent education yeah i agree with that who did i just have this conversation with maybe somebody in one of my classes on the discussion board because if parents can drop their kid off and feel safe and know what to look for. Think about the back to sleep campaign. Uh Uh-huh. Parents had to be educated to put their children on the back to sleep. And now that's a thing that parents learn before they have a kid. Where are the parent education classes for Mm three-year-olds? Mm-hmm. How are you getting info from that on your doctor when you go in to get your kid a shot? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Well, you get a milestone checklist. (laughs) Those are so helpful. (laughs) Those are really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, you know, I'm not going to put my faith in pediatricians to help us with this problem. (laughs) I think pediatricians, we've I think they need a little bit more child development. Yes. And I think that it's just as hard to change pediatricians' ideas as it is to change teachers' oh, ideas. Oh, sure. Um, just going through all the tongue-tie stuff that Guy went through and how many doctors don't believe in it. Uh. And it's just like, what? how much research do you need before you will believe in it? Uh-huh. Like, can I show you my child unable to eat out of a bottle? Will you believe it then? Uh-huh. Uh what? <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. So like if doctors are just the same way as teachers, it's hard to change people's minds. Mm-hmm. It's hard to have forward progress. And, and I think, yeah. And then that's a good example of the fact that um, 
getting training and being required to continue your education don't always equal change in practice or personal growth or um, things like that. Because, you know, pediatricians, I think, go to school a lot. Yeah. And I think they have to keep up or, you know, should keep up with all the new developments. But I've got I've seen a lot of them who write notes for anything that mom wants them to write a note for. Yeah. And uh, including sleeping on their tummies. Wow. (laughs) Uh, (sighs) Or staying inside when it's windy. (laughs) As a parent navigating that, you have to be able to make your own decisions. And if you don't have access to the latest research, if this isn't your passion... Yeah. If you just love your kid, which should be enough. Right. Like, how how do you make an informed decision? Yeah. And if you're that parent, who are you going to give more, uh, whose who's opinion are you going to give more weight to? The doctor or Miss Heather, the toddler teacher who sings and reads? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, and, and that's, if you're and that's their who's... best decision. You know, that's their best guide. Yeah. If you're a parent who's struggling with this issue of access or equity to information Mm -hmm. or care Mm -hmm. you're you have other things on your mind how are you going to get food on the table right how are you going to pay the bills where are you going to sleep tonight yep but i do think parent and and i hate the phrase parent education too but i know what you mean yeah, I, I, I think. Why do you that, hate that phrase? Because too often it's something that we do to parents, or another way that we can criticize parents because they don't come to the education opportunities we give, or they don't read the stuff we give them, or da, 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 da. yeah. Um, but if we're just talking about an informed consumer base, yeah, like this is the product that they're shopping for. How can we help them see? what's healthy and what's not healthy and and give them that information so they can navigate the systems and de- and 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 know that they have a right to demand better. Yeah. I think that's the case sometimes for families too is they think schools too. I mean, childcare schools whichever. I, you know, I'm just mom. Yeah. This is what this is what we've got. My sister took her kids here and they're all right. Yeah. My kid's happy every day. (laughs) Yeah. And is that enough? Well, it could be enough if they really are happy every day. But if, if, if they're judging that based on, do they run up and seem happy and greet me at the end of the day? But I don't really know what happened with them all day in between drop off and pick up. You know what I mean? Like a kid can look really happy at the end of the day and I've had some shitty experiences. Yeah up to that point yeah could be enough it's like Travis's accreditation system he just walks in and says do they look happy all right you're accredited (laughs) Uh, yes (laughs) Um. Hmm. okay so I agree we need to do something parents parents are key in making these changes Mm mm-hmm Hmm. I'm taking a class this semester about, you know, school, family, 
child Tell me more. relationships or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's a, the class, the people in the class is a, it's a wide range. It's not just all early childhood people, which is interesting. There's some oh, school, cool. t- like some elementary school teachers. I think we've got a couple secondary teachers, um, and some other, um, it's just a wider, wider variety, but there's an awful lot of, uh, there's an awful lot of, um, well, you know, if parents would just do what we ask them, it would all be easier. <laughs> so that's where a lot of wow, this is coming yeah. from for me is, um, like this morning I just narrowly avoided and by narrowly avoided, I mean, I didn't let myself type what I wanted to type <laughs> a big fight about, you know, uh, mom staying at home and whether that's the answer to all the nation's ills. <laughs> Wow. Like, seriously, someone just said that out loud still. Okay. Wow. Uh, and even if you think that, it's not possible for everybody, so why aren't we working our butts off to make it good if we think if we think not being raised by your mom at home every day is bad? Yeah. Then why aren't we working our butts off to make those places good? Yeah. When the kids are there. Oh, uh, it, it... Mm, this conversation is... <laughs> Oh, because it comes down to this isn't an issue of regulation and defining quality. It comes down to how do you support a nation? Right. Right. It's a big. How do you empower a nation to make good decisions? How do you trust (laughs) other humans to do the right thing? Clearly, we can't do that right now. No! <laughs> but oh, I can put God. on my blinders and have a good day with the yeah. 20 kids in my care. Yeah. And is that enough? Well, I think on some level it has to be enough. I, I think there's a balance between feeling like you need to solve everything, and unless you solve everything, nothing is of value. Yeah. Or... Feeling like you're powerless, so you're just going to focus on this little group over here. It's got to be somewhere in the middle. Yeah, you got to find that middle. Because hmm. otherwise, you're just contributing to the status quo, man. <laughs> That's how the man gets you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, this was a good discussion. Yeah, yeah. I know it's not I, res- like we didn't resolve much, but I think. No thought about a lot of stuff really good um i'd love to hear what other people think about any of it like i think this might be a the the one episode i really want to hear some comments on yes please posts on facebook like what do you think about all this and uh and what are your ideas and uh did i share with you that amazing article wait um i need more information it? (laughs) it is is uh, it's called "Is Play a Privilege or a Right, and What's Our Responsibility?" No, but I want the role see of it. play for equity in early childhood education. Is play a privilege or a right? Yep. No, but I need to because that you know I said it's I exact. Yeah, I'd exists. been thinking about play as a social justice issue, and I've got a friend that is really into social justice issues, and we were going to podcast about it, but I couldn't find a quote. <laughs> Well, 
invite me along. I will. I will. And talk about this. So is it is, is this article one that you have to have special access to to get, or is it just an internet nope. search? Okay, so internet folks search. who are listening can look at it too. Yep. All right. Uh, I don't want to deny you access by making you pay for this <laughs> journal article. That makes there me are really some nuts. workarounds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, it does. It uh, is annoying, but whatever. To have to pay for access to the information. Yeah, I get it. We're capitalists. Uh, <laughs> so annoying. Yeah. Um. Okay. So. Last thoughts on this one? Because it sounds like we're wrapping up. <laughs> it sounds like we're wrapping up. I <laughs> recognize that, point that where I we am. Just start pausing and rambling. <laughs> I recognize I am a part of the system. Yeah, we need like a. a Do pledge? you have to be a part of the system in order to be an agent of change? Uh, uh no. In fact, I think no. we can't depend just on people who are part of the system. Okay. I think it needs to come. I I think it needs to become a bigger issue, so there are more forces than just you and me saying, "Come on, you guys, this can be better." Yeah, this can be healthier. Yeah. Uh, let's leave with another quote from okay. the excellent movie I watched last night. Ooh. When I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. <laughs> Oh, oh, was that it? Thanks, Daddy. That's the whole quote. Oh, what's it from? Dirty Dancing. Dirty (laughs) Dancing. And that is, I think, what I want to do. When I'm wrong, when I'm a part of the system and I'm wrong, I need to say I'm wrong. When I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. Okay. You're going to post it publicly for all of us? Yeah. Tiffany's page of when she's wrong. When I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. Yeah, I I think a little bit. That's that's just another element of being a reflective practitioner. It's not always what did the people around me do to contribute. It's pretty more yeah. often than I'd like to to admit. What did I do to contribute what did I do today? To contribute. Yep. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to look up that play article. Yeah. I hope that people will will share their thoughts on this one. Oh. Wait, yes, please. wait. Screenshot while I'm holding we're, my we're mug. We're posing for screenshots. Hold on, listeners. <laughs> okay, we got it. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for listening so patiently <laughs> to another episode. Uh, uh, we had to leave spaces so that people could take notes. Is that what it was? Note-taking they space. Need to, they need to take notes on this one. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, then. I'm glad that you um, <laughs> provided that because otherwise it's just another awkward ending. of that early childhood nerd (laughs) bye Bye. that's the show now go get your nerd on this has been an explorations early learning upstairs studio production oh Hey, we need your support to keep the podcasts flowing. Go to explorationsearlylearning.com slash support to learn how. One of the big things you can do is shop Amazon with the link we provide. You buy your cat food, you buy your kids' books, you buy 
whatever it is you buy on Amazon, you pay the regular price. We get a small percentage of it. Everybody wins. A lot of people are doing it. It really supports the shows, and we really appreciate it. Give it a try. Thanks.